Hello, skateboarders. Welcome to TSM Live Show, Season 2, Episode 10. I'm your host, Tommy Zam. This episode, we're at OB Skate Park in Ocean Beach, California. We have an interview with Chris Markovich, music by Lost Long Sons, and interview with Josh Bridgewater. You guys ready to get this show started? News, in the news and events, 18 Click sent over this edit of James Martin. Let's peep it. Venture dropped this awake edit of Patrice Daman. Let's check it out. FSC just turned Jesus Munoz Pro. They just dropped his Pro Edit. You ready to watch it?
Yeah. <laughs> so sick. You. 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 God oh, yes. Oh, she was sick. Dude, that was so good. As soon as. Fuck yeah, dog. Okay. Skate Deluxe Crew, explore the southern region of Italy. Let's check out this little teaser. You can watch the full edit on trueskateboardmag.com. Pal Peralta dropped his commercial with Charlie Blair testing out the flight construction. Let's check it out. on the board man it's just the best board you can get i love the shape i love the concave and i love how it's so durable and so perfect i mean you can get it wet and it will dry up it won't sog or anything do you want to go back to riding seven plies not at all when you used to ride seven plies how often would you break them probably like every other week yeah i would just go through boards i would do like a front tuck knee disaster and it would just snap in half on me i stopped doing disasters because of it how often do you break these never I was trying to do like lean disasters and melon disasters, anything I could to just try to break, it doesn't break. It just flexes, boom, just flexes. You couldn't get it to break? No. So this retains its life? Yeah, big time. It's a little more flexible, you can feel it on your feet, but it's more responsive. For like, say for three flips, you know, you just, you barely even have to do anything, it's just catching and stomping, you know? The future of skateboarding is right here in your hands, you know? <laughs> On October 5th, it was the sixth annual Shred for Shockus right here at OB, AKA Shockus Skate Park. Let's check out Michael Williams' recap edit.
That's it, ready Josh? Yeah. What's up Josh Bridgewater? How How's you it doing, going, dude? my man? Good, how was good. your trip up? It was good. It was long, a lot of traffic, you know. I mean, you came from what, Long Beach? Long Beach, yeah, LBC. Oh, damn. Three and a half hours in that, that grind was, was rough, <laughs> but it was definitely worth it to come out to this, for sure. You didn't get road rage, did you? I felt it. I was like, I need to pull over and, you know, take a little anti-anxiety action. <laughs> some of that CBD. Yeah, stuff. a little bit of that, Global CBD. That's one of my sponsors, so, oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, maybe give the dog some. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you ready to get into this interview? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so what got you into skateboarding? Okay, so I was a kid, um, I was born with spina bifida. It's mm. a birth defect. I was born with my spine outside my body. And, uh, you know, doctors told my mom, I, oh, he's never gonna walk. His life ain't gonna be worth living. And I grew up uh, kind of a misfit in school, you know, didn't have all the freshest threads. I wasn't a, a jock. I didn't play, you know, school sports and yeah. stuff. And it's just looking for my tribe, someone, somewhere I could fit in. And all the misfits in school back in the late 80s, that's when I started. Yeah. Um, were all the skaters and they were like down with me they were like dude we don't care about your condition we don't care about how you look or yeah. what you wear or whatever like skateboarding, just, man. yeah just roll with us but you gotta learn how to skate yeah there lies the dilemma so i got my grandma to buy me one of these like you know walmart i don't even think walmart existed back then I think, but i think it was kmart it was like kmart <laughs> or something like that yeah bymart kmart, kmart whatever it is. Got, i think my first board was called the fingerprint it was just a big thumbprint on the bottom of the board oh, you know like nash <laughs> style big fatty wheels and i just do kick turns in her parking in her uh, driveway for hours on end and at first i had to learn um on my knees because mm -hmm. i'm partially paralyzed from the waist down really including my push foot uh -huh. so uh that that prevented a lot of challenges or presented a lot of challenges yeah. and I was just practice and practice. I wanted to be like all the, the kids I, I went to school with. Yeah. And it was like sixth grade, junior high, I think it was 1988. My parents took me to uh, Cal Skate in Portland, Oregon. I'm from the Northwest. Okay. I got my very first skateboard and it was the Fred Smith Alva Loud One oh, series. I one. Yeah. And I was super stoked on it. Picked out my trucks, picked out my wheels, my rails. What kind everything. of wheels did you get? Rat bones. Oh shit. Black rat bones, <laughs> dude. And I think Indy, Indy trucks okay. and Schmidt sticks uh, rails. Uh, little, little rails little on the side. Little purple ones yeah. on a black deck with a screaming Medusa head looking dude. Yeah. And uh, I just tick tacking and 180s and learning power slides. But for the longest time, I had to learn sitting down and on my knees uh -huh. using my hands. And I dreamt of the day I could stand on a board. So, do you think that skateboarding has helped you out a lot? Fully. I have lifelong friends from skateboarding, like 30 plus years deep. I, it helped me um, gain self confidence and kind of a sense of identity uh -huh. because everything I'm into to this day at 45 years old. Yeah stems from skateboarding the yeah. music i listen to the clothes i wear the woman i marry yeah. the friends i have like, <laughs> it just seems like across the board the art i'm into like all of it is very skate related and, and, and it's like skateboarding help a lot with your and with my body physically yeah. like a, a lot of guys and girls uh, that have my condition are overweight. And it's what's that again? Oh, sorry. Actually. Spina bifida. Okay. A lot of people that have it, are, I'm very fortunate to be able to, to move at all mm. and not be like permanently in a wheelchair, although I've spent a lot of time in a wheelchair in my life. But uh, a lot of people end up like kind of overweight and a little bit unhealthy because they don't get that physical activity yeah. in. And I knew how blessed and uh, unique my circumstance with spina bifida was. And I utilized it. I just gun, guns forward wasn't gonna let anything stop me, even if it took me a heck of a long time to, yeah. to figure out how to ollie and to, to do certain tricks that the other kids were doing. Did it take a while? I mean, did it? Forever. Forever? There's still stuff I can't physically do because my legs are very chicken leg. I don't have the calf muscle that 
that most yeah. humans have. Like this one right here that goes right there is Damn. missing. Damn. And uh, like I said, I'm partially paralyzed, so I can't do ollies very good or kick flips or any of those variations of ollie type yeah. tricks, wall rides. But well, you mostly like skate poles and I, poles. Now and... I'm mostly a tranny guy just because I've got older and beat up and 38 yeah. surgeries later and <laughs> arthritis. Hold on, 38 surgeries? Yeah. Holy cow. 90% from the spina bifida, okay. a couple from skateboarding, snowboarding. But, yeah. But, and, and explain to the audience like, what, it, what, it, what that is, spina bifida. So I was born with, my, with, with a big hole in my back. My, my back didn't completely form, mm -hmm. uh, closed and my spinal cord was hanging outside my body. Okay. And so back in 74, when I was born, prior to that, they used to let the kids just die. Oh, like they're just like, sorry, sorry, mom, like your kid's spine's exposed. He didn't yeah. make it, you know? Yeah. But in like 73, 74, I want to say, the year I was born, they're like, well, what if we put the spine back in the body, sew it up, see what happens? Please and even it? then, like, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably like 80, 90% of those kids probably don't walk. Most oh, of my friends with spina bifida have to use some sort of a arm, leg brace, arm crutch system or wheelchair. Yeah. So I'm very, very fortunate to have the mo limited mobility that I do have. Yeah. And I don't forget that every day. I'm so grateful for it. And that's why I keep shredding, keep pushing, yeah. surf, skate, snowboard, everything I can do with my powerful mindset, well, you know. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, not crazy, but it's pretty cool to think that, like, just pushing on the board or, or surfing or, or snowboarding has helped you a lot. Better, it's more. kept me strong. So it's like half my doctors, you know, throughout my life, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doctor's appointments. One half, you know, probably got gray hairs and stressed out. Like, why are you skateboarding, dude? You're lucky to walk. Like, you should not be doing this. And then the other half that I chose to listen to are like, good for you, man. You don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, exactly. Rock that, live that best life. Yeah. So I just adopted that side of the fence and PMA all the way, just rock and roll and pause the middle attitude. I can do it no, no matter how long it takes me to get there. Yeah. I'll figure out a way what works for me. I'll adapt and overcome. And, and, then, and then there's an organization going on or something like that for this? Or there's a whole crew of us of adaptive skateboarders. Okay. And um, on my team of guys and girls that I skate with, I'm the only one with spina bifida, but there's amputees, okay. there's guys, and, and there's a woman that skates with us. She has half a body. What? Like basically, um, I think from like her knees down, she there's no there's no, uh, no legs, oh, wow. and the cover of the newest Thrasher. Oh yeah, the dude. Like a month ago, I, I skated with him in, in uh, actually down here at Lin, uh, Linda Vista. Yeah. Yeah, I skated with him when Birdhouse did a demo, and now he's on Birdhouse. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? He did the freaking loop of death. And dude, you see the video of that? So sick. He's got no legs, and yet he's rocking it. And that's he did the that stuff. whole loop like. It juices me up. I wish I was his age. He's like 22. I'm like he's pushing. Still young man. I'm 46, he's but still young dude. I wish those were the guys that I had to emulate as growing up. Yeah. I didn't. I was like the handicapped kid of the skate crew. Like, but also too, I think what has it done for you, man? It's, you're sitting here. It's you know? so you're, rad. You're, you're doing what you're doing. You're doing what you love, and like. Society, the doctors, all of them gave up on you. So you're I'm not, proving you're not, them wrong every day. And that's what you got. That's They're like, awesome, dude. They used to say, I want to say like maybe 10 years ago, that I wouldn't even live to 40. And I'm 45. Fuck and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life, dude. Yeah, I'm like, dude. I'm in the best shape I've been in since, uh, I don't know why I just flexed on you. <laughs> but I lost 33 hey, pounds. You're just hoping the girls be like, oh, who's this? Hey. <laughs> Make my wife jealous. Um, 30, 30, uh, 30, I was 233 pounds one year ago this month and I fell into a severe, severe depression, anxiety episode due to painkiller um, kind of addiction. Mm -hmm. Dude, I had 12 surgeries in two and a half years wow. and they were just feeding me all the opioids like candy. Yeah. 
and I kind of got into it. Not yeah. not by choice. It was like I needed it to function. It was just a medical. Yeah. yeah. And then I tried to get off of it, and that's when I went spiraling. And we should, we should try to get into like marijuana and CBD. Nah, and I do the C. I do some CBD oils. I do uh, cryogenic. I do infrared sauna, compression therapy. I do all these homeopathic therapies. I'm yeah. looking into acupuncture. Anything and everything to keep me off the off the, yeah, the chemical those drugs. Those meds are gonna get to you, dude. Yeah, yeah. and I joined a gym. That's what, that was my point. I joined a gym uh-huh. to get exercise, get out of the house, start taking care of my health, and I've dropped 33 pounds since a year ago. Oh, yeah, dude. Congratulations. That's what, that's why I was flexing. Like. <laughs> so those doctors that said I never walk, here I am, yeah, 45, screw them. and screw them, dude. <laughs> living my best life. If I lose five more pounds, I'll be the same weight I was in high school damn. 26 years ago. And your wife's gonna be like, damn, dude, yeah. what the hell? I have a hard time good. beating her off with a stick, like, stay off me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do my thing. You know? and, and you got this new puppy. Tell yeah, and I just got puppy. my boy right here. His name's Tiger. Okay. I adopted him a, a week ago. He's okay. actually full grown. What? He's just got that puppy complex. He's a part, uh, I think, pocket pit terrier with French Bulldog. Oh, what? And he was on death row. They were going to put him to sleep, and then they transferred him to a new shelter that wanted to extend his life. And then I had the blessing of meeting him one week ago today. What? He's been by my side ever since. This is his first skate park experience. Seems to be maintaining pretty chill. He's he's nothing but love. And he's like, he's like Dad, why do you keep on talking about me, man? I, I love you, man. <laughs> He brings my anxieties down. I, I have a lot of downtime at home where I deal with chronic pain, mm-hmm. or I'm stuck at home and I, and I can't skate. Like when I skate, let's say I skate today, yeah. and I have a rip-roaring session with all my homies, that'll lay me out for like good week. Yeah. Like I can't skate and then go skate tomorrow or go skate two days from now. Like I'm pretty much done for like a week and I gotta do all those treatments yeah. to, to get my body riding and to skate again because everything hurts so bad. So he's my companion during those like low times where I'm, I'm feeling kind of bummed out. Yeah. Like FOMO, fear of missing out. I got I got that sometimes. So. And, and then you said there's October's huge for you too. Yeah, right? October this month is Spina Bifida Awareness Month. Okay. We just had the awareness walk on October 5th. Okay. And this year, for the first time in my 44 year, 45 years of living, I had my own my own team, what? Team PMA. Oh, tell us I about had this. 33 people walking what? With me side by side, we did it. It's Costa Mesa, right across the street from uh, Volcom Skate Park. Okay. There's a, a scenic, beautiful little park right yeah, there. I know what about. Yeah. There's like a pond and some ducks yeah. and fountains and stuff. And like I said before, most of the kids or, or adults are in wheelchairs. They have braces, they have crutches. So it's not like one of these like 20 mile cancer walks, you know? Yeah. It's it's a chill little stroll around the, around the, the pond. Yeah. It's just, just about uniting and inclusion empowering those who've battled with spina bifida and just kind of bringing everybody together for one day out of the year to, Dude, to shed awesome. light on it and create awareness. And yeah. This year I got Van, Steve Van Doren hooked what? it up and he, he sponsored it and brought us a bunch of swag. And, yeah, and uh, it's a really cool event. It's the Costa Mesa, it's usually the first weekend of October every year. Okay, and how can people, how do people get uh, The Spina Bifida Association of America, I'm a council board member on okay. that, so I actually help plan this event and, and help unite people world, uh, nationwide at least, with my condition. So I'm one of the oldest guys with it. And I am officially the oldest skateboarder in the world of Spina Bifida. Yeah, so that's guys, pretty that's sick, that's considering sick, I wasn't supposed to walk. Yeah, exactly. I'll take that all day. I suck at skateboarding now, but, but I, I'm usually yet. the guy with the biggest grin at the end of the session and the most pain, like, yeah. Because you know why in the back of your head, you're like. I'm still rolling, exactly. suckers. <laughs> Proved them wrong, so yeah. Dude, that's awesome, dude, yeah. that's awesome. And oh, was, so you can go, sorry, sorry ADD. Go so, yeah, Spina Bifida Association of America, SBAA, 
You can go on Facebook, uh, Southern California chapter. That's the chapter I belong to. Okay. So and my people, Instagram is Spina Bifida. And people can donate. And, and they can donate. They can they can contribute to the to the um, walk every year if they okay. want to do raffle prizes. That's what Van Doren did. Okay. I've had fundraisers myself. Or I'll, I'm I'm good friends with like Ray Barbie and Mike Valley and uh, Lance Mountain. Those kind of cats. Yeah. They come through with gear to like raffle off for Spina Bifida fundraisers that yeah. I've had in the past and like. They'll kick down Steve Caballero, like autograph some shoes or, or some awesome, art dude. pieces. Yeah. Ray Barbie came through with the Fender guitar to raffle what? off in the past. So yeah, a lot man. of love from the skate community. That's why I, I'm so bonded to it too. It's not it's not just a hobby or a creative outlet. It's like a brotherhood yeah. that I can't get away from. It's like once you're jumped in, you're you're, you're, you're a lifer, you know? It's like part of me that gang, I can't you know? get rid We're of. All one big yeah. gang. <laughs> I I've cried. I've literally my wife would attest to the fact that I've had tears of sadness when doctors told me um short little side story a year about two years ago i shattered my leg so bad that they said 50 percent of the time they amputate i was doing an adaptive skate demo at ryan sheckler's um annual skate for a cause oh, the, over um, at uh lake uh, forest yeah, I, about, yeah. I was just doing a standard rock to fake on the little vert tombstone thing and i hit and i tokyo drifted and hit the the hover rail uh -huh. with my ankle first shattered Ooh. it so bad the x-ray looked like a spider web they put a 12-inch rod in my leg, Damn. nine bolts, and like a wallet chain that we used to rock in the yeah. 90s. Now I got one in my ankle, so my ankle can still move. Are you serious? And my doctor's like, you'll be lucky to walk again with minimal pain. Mm -hmm. That was two years ago, and I'm still skating. Fuck yeah, dude. PMA all the way, brother. Hell That's, yeah, dude. Well, so, dude, I'm so happy for you. Like, everything sounds like, you know, skateboarding has done a lot for you, got you walking. It makes me it makes me want to do better in yeah. life. It keeps me in shape because you can't skate and be fat and frumpy. And yeah. I mean, some people can. Yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> because of my conditions. I yeah. got to be on my A game. I got to be healthy. I got to have my core strength and I got to have less weight on my joints because I'm all arthritic everywhere. Yeah. They want to replace my knees. And I'm not ready for that. Nah, so dude. I'm just you, trying you to look healthy to me. And then one last question before we take off. What do you have for the for the upcoming skaters? Anything you got to say? Oh man, just follow your passion. Just don't listen to anybody that tells you you're doing it wrong. I work with kids today that are disabled with autism, kids in wheelchairs that can never walk, and I get them on skateboards, skateboarding half pipes. And that's my, that's my passion today. And I show them that where there's a will, there's a way, there's a positive mindset, you can do anything. And if you push Mongol, embrace Mongol. If you skate goofy or regular, or you wear a certain amount of clothes, a certain style of clothes, or you like a certain style of music, don't worry about any of that stuff. Skateboarding has no rules, and that's why I was drawn to it. Mm -hmm. That's been a super positive um, mental and physical outlet for me, and I just embrace it 100%, and I just want people to, to, to know it. And I, so that's why I teach these kids with, with uh, special needs. Like, there's a, there is a possibility that you can skateboard, and I get these kids that can't walk skateboarding. So like if, if skateboarding means sitting down yeah. with your non-working legs or laying on your stomach like Superman and using your arms, by all means, embrace that and do you. Oh, yeah. like that's what it's all about is just figuring out what works for you, adapting and overcoming and, and thriving. Yeah. And do it for the love and fun of it. Fuck yeah. Like nothing else. It's all about fun. Hell yeah, Having dude. a smile at the end of the <laughs> session. You know? Hell yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, John. Yeah, no worries. And you ready to check out Long Lost Sons? Heck yeah. I'm all excited. Right, dude. Let's Cheers. Do it, dude. Hell yeah. All right. Definitely. All right, what's up, Ocean Beach? We're live, y'all. We're the Long Lost Sons. We thank you guys so much for coming out tonight, or today, or whatever it is. We got a brand new record coming out December 6th titled Leyenda. Be on the lookout. This song is called Between the Lines. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Let's bring on Chris Markovich. I'm, I'm just gonna walk in. I'm not even skating. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you doing, dude? Good, good. How you doing? Good. How was your trip down? It was good. It's mellow. Not up too crazy roads. No, no. Ocean side. Oh yeah, you're o Oceanside. Oceanside, Can't go yeah. wrong with that, dude. Yeah, quick. Twenty minutes. So you ready to get into this interview? Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So we'll get the first things off. What we'll, we'll got you into skateboarding? Um, skateboarding. I uh, I lived in Gulf Breeze in Florida. Okay. And I, all my friends surfed, and my parents wouldn't let me go to the beach without an adult there. So all my <laughs> friends were surfing, and I wasn't allowed to go. I could go on the weekends and stuff, but all my friends were getting good at surfing while I was at home just sitting there. So I ended up getting a skateboard instead, and. I'd skate during the week thinking like, oh, I'm gonna be, when I get into the water, I can yeah. still be better at surfing, you know, <laughs> didn't fucking work, so. Do you remember what kind of board it was? Uh, my skateboard? Yeah. My very first one? Um, it was a sheer grip blaster. Oh, wow. The, there was the two, the sheer grip high voltage one. That was the, I don't know, it said like high voltage, it was orange and it had barbed wire on it. And then mine was like a, the British flag one or whatever. It's yeah, a yeah. sure grip blaster. And, uh, did you get it from Interlight or what did you do? Um, no, I think I think my dad did because that was the first the first board I got that I picked out was I got from Interlight and it was a Jeff Phillips. It was the, the broke one, the Sims yeah. one with the wood. There was an orange one, and it had like Sims B52s like 
It was the most fucked up board. It was an orange board. It had like black trucks on it, and it had the B-52 wheels that were like half pink and half black yeah. with an orange board. It was ugly as fuck, but it was like the first board I picked out and put together, and I got that one. <laughs> so. so did you ever get good at surfing? Did no. Did help you out at all? Not, not when I was a kid. When I moved out, like, when I turned pro and came out for skateboarding, I moved to, to Carlsbad, and mm -hmm. I picked up surfing there. I lived in Encinitas for a while. And for like two or three years, I tried to surf a lot. I went on surf trips and stuff like that, and I got to where I could you know, cruise and stuff, but never yeah. like where I was in the And then what was it like growing up in golf race? Um, it was... It was good. It was good for skateboarding because it was a beach town. But I played baseball when I lived there because it, okay. it was still kind of in that like, young transition period. Yeah. But there wasn't anything really to skate. It was just sidewalks and curbs and shit like that. And uh, there was one like small little like mini vert ramp, and that's where I went every day because that's kind of where the skate scene was what in the was town. Where was that? Uh, this kid named Sloan Bush, uh -huh. and it was like when you come into Gulf Breeze, like before the high school, and it splits off and it goes yeah. like right where. It's like right where, where Buck Surfing Sport used yeah. to be, right there. It breaks off and you go to the right. It was up that way. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, but there wasn't really anything to skate aside from that. It would be like skating to there, and then I got a quarter pipe, and then I eventually, <laughs> I, I didn't even have like a flat bar. I had a, a, a railroad tie, yeah. got a board slide. And then that was like my street skating there, but it was yeah. mostly just that. And then I moved to Atlanta, and that's when I got into like the More and more street, street and yeah. stuff like that. And then you come back to Pensacola, I Gulf came back to, yeah, it was, it was, I was all over the place. I went to Gulf Breeze, in ninth grade, I moved to Atlanta, and then okay. that's, I moved up there for two years. Ninth and 10th grade, 11th grade, I moved back down to Florida and went back to Gulf Breeze, and that's where I graduated from. Okay, and then when did you start getting sponsors and all that um, stuff? When I was living in Atlanta. Like, okay. I went up, that's when I kind of stopped playing baseball and started skating You are like, Mom and Dad, I'm, I'm done. done. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I'm not going to be an MLB. <laughs> well, I, like, I quit for a couple years. My dad was super bummed, and then I got back into it, and I was trying, I was going to try out and play for the high school team, yeah. play baseball. And I was doing it, my mom knew, I was practicing and shit. My dad was pissed because he didn't think I was skating. I was like done playing baseball. <laughs> and then like a week, the week of my 16th birthday, and it was the week of my like first time I was gonna try out for baseball. And I was already pretty like had been practicing with the team and shit. Yeah. My mom got me a glove and all this stuff without my dad knowing. And I ended up breaking my elbow on my throwing arm like yeah. three days before I, my tryouts. And I was in the hospital and like, having surgery. My mom told my dad that I was that what I'd been doing, that I was behind his back going to try out for the team and come home and be like, Dad, I'm on the team. But then I broke my elbow skating and I came out. I, I was fucked up for like a week in surgery because after surgery they put the cast on too tight. Yeah. And every time I'd wake up, I'd be screaming and they didn't know what was going on. So they'd just give me another shot at Dimmerall and knock me out. And I woke up like four days later and my hand was huge. Oh, and then they man. like took the bandage off and shit, knocked me back out. When I woke up, my hand was fine. And then I went home. And when I got from that point on, uh, right when I got home from the hospital, my dad was like, all right, you've got this amount of time in the cast. You've got this amount of time to get your, you know, to get back on your board for this contest. He's like already like mapped, oh, he already out, mapped, yeah, mapped out some shit down the line because I had committed to playing baseball for him and then I got hurt doing skating. So then he like got behind skating 100%. And from awesome, that dude. point on, like without him and my and my mom like backing me, like skateboarding would have been, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. Because like, you went to like all the like contests, like and, and it was it NSSA? Yeah, or? well there was no, it was like ESA. Yeah, ESA. And then um, there was a lot of weird startup ones and they still had the NSAs. And like yeah. that's kind of the one where I went, they were, for three years I kind of skated them. For two years I made it to the region, they did districts, regionals, and then yeah. finals. For two years I made it to, as the alternate to go to the finals, but I never made it to the finals. And then the year that I graduated from high school is the year that I went out and Lance got first in the NSA and then I got second and we both turned pro. Because that was when Conklin skated with you, right? <coughs> yeah, yeah, Lance. Yeah. Lance got, he turned pro for Powell and I turned pro for Dogtown right yeah. after that and went okay. back to the city. 
Damn. So I mean, Dogtown. How was that, dude? Like riding, riding for a legendary company. I mean, well, that's, that's pretty badass. <laughs> like looking back on it now, like I appreciate it way more now. Yeah. But back then, I was a kid. I lived in Atlanta at the time when I got on, and then I was down in Florida riding for them. And you kind of like, you know, back then. Now it's totally different. Skateboarding is different. You can be anywhere on the planet, and mm -hmm. you know, you've got you can be filmed. You can be, you know, so you're kind of in it. Where 89, 88, 89, 90. If you weren't in California, like in the mecca of skateboarding, yeah. you kind of were a redheaded stepchild. And like, because they weren't gonna fight. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, there was nothing. And like, you were, you were on the team. There was a lot of guys in the East Coast teams. A lot of guys that, that never came out from the East Coast that I skated with as, as a kid that were so fucking good that if they were out here, people would have seen them and they would have probably had you know huge careers yeah. or bigger careers than they even did. But you know, being on Dogtown then, it was like you're lucky if your box came, you know, every month. Like, so when it got there, and then, UPS might stole it. Yeah, they, you asked for you know this board, these new boards coming out, and then you get all the old shit. Yeah. You know, so it's like it was. At the time, you know, I didn't appreciate it because I was just a kid and I wanted more. And people yeah. would be like, "Why do you ride for those guys when you can get this?" You know, you had all these people like, you know, at, you win a contest, you go to contests and stuff that get all the sponsors are there, but yeah. just want to give you shit. And you're a kid, you're you know, 14, 15, and you're like, "Dude, I can't even get boards from these guys." You know. Yeah. So at the time, I, did, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I, I, you know, I should have. But looking back on it, like being a part of like a legacy like that and saying that I was a part of something like that yeah. was really cool. Even if I didn't play a, a, a big of a role as I should have or probably could have, it was you know, it's cool being. Part of it. And then after Dogtown, you went to GNS. Yeah, I went right to GNS. I mean, that's when you like GNS is like when you started like well, skateboard culture, like spaces skateboard fashion. Everybody was like, I gotta dress like Chris Markovich. <laughs> you know, I, I remember those I days. Man. I remember those big baggy jeans, the white tee. You know, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so sorry about that. I mean, you, you you brought that fashion those days. How was that, dude? Um, like, well, like GNS know, I mean, and everything. Yeah, well, with, with GNS, that was the first time like I. For the longest time, like, my mom like, has had clothing companies, and she made all the clothes. Like I couldn't skate in jeans and shit that were too tight back then, yeah. so she would always make me make clothes that I could skate in. And, and she always had clothing companies, so she, I'd have pants and stuff. I'd wear them to contests, and then that's people at the contest were wanting them. A couple shops ordered them, and that's how we started having a clothing company. Yeah. And it was always mom and pop, really small. But when I got onto GNS and was able to like interact with the people there, that kind of was able to show my mom how to to get into having cut and sew and getting kind of getting into the industry. So that's kind of where everything kind of came to. Yeah. And it was like, I was 18, everything was new and brand new. Yeah. So it was like, and I was in San Diego, all the photographers, everything was here. So it was yeah. kind of all culminated, everything hit at once and skateboarding kind of I mean, GNS, I mean, when you're on GNS, that was such legendary because you had Neil Blender, you had Deerdick. How was that? It was uh, with Deerdick. Well, see, came. that's the thing. I, I, it's kind of bittersweet with Deirdre because I got on right as all those dudes left and started oh. Alien. So I kind of came in as they were all leaving. Okay. So like they went and they started Alien and then GNS was still there. And that was me. Um, the, the team that we did and we had the video was Winona, when we did Winona Riders. Yeah, I remember that. And it yeah. was Mike Taylor, um, Shannon May, myself, um, Matt Schnur, um, Jesus, I know I'm forgetting, Willie. Um, God, I think that I think that's it. I think that was it. But it was yeah. like a small tight knit team. Gator was trying to get on at the time. Like that, it's right when I got here, we met. I had met Gator, and that's kind of how I got into the GNS group because he was trying to get on. They were filming, starting to film for the stunt or Winona Riders video, and that's yeah. kind of like what I came yeah. into. Right that, into. I would that. say that was hands down the best video out. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Like I, it was. I'd never done it before. There was no rules. There was nobody ever. You know, for me, it was like. 
he was a video camera. I didn't know what the fuck. You're like, dude, what the just, hell? Let's go. And we were, so, so everybody was following, everybody was filming, and we filmed everything. And it seemed for like the first six months I lived in California, all we did was film every day, yeah. all day. And coming from like Atlanta and in a small town like Gulf Breeze and stuff, I mean, living in San Diego is probably like, you were probably like, whoa. Dude, I. <laughs> I, I I look back on it now and I, I see kids skating and I, I'll see them pushing down the street and I'm like, dude, why? I wish I was here, you know, like back when I, because I got here right as I was already pro mm -hmm. and I it was amazing because I got to skate the best of everything and there was anything I could think of, you just kind of like map it out and go find it, you yeah. know, or in Pensacola, like if you, you, you're lucky if you have a bench <laughs> or a ledge to skate, you know, and here there's, oh, I don't want to skate, you're, you're worried about backdrop and what it looks like for the footage, you know, so when you, when you go from not having much to having that, then it's like, the sky's the limit, like progression, as long as you, if you focus on skating, yeah. like, have it, it's like just the, the doors open and you can skate anything and everything, and especially nowadays, like, there's so many, I mean, this would be unheard of in the yeah. early 90s, you know, and this is like, probably looked at as like not one of the better parks in San Diego now, which is probably what it is. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you, for the shit that we used to have to skate back in the day, like if I had something like this, it, it would, it would it be a game changer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had YMCA. Yeah, you're yeah, you lucky if you skate the mini ramp if the fucking screws weren't going to exactly. kill you. Mm -hmm. And so after GNS, where'd you go after that? Uh, GNS was 101. 101? Uh, yeah, How was yeah. that? Dude, that was, that was like life changing for sure. Cause I mean, I was a kid from Florida, moved out. I'd lived in San Diego for maybe a year. And then I went to Europe, and mm -hmm. then that's when Rick Howard left Blockhead, yeah. and I left GNS, and we kind of floated around in Europe. And then when we came home, we were traveling together, Rick and I. And yeah. the plan was we were traveling with Danny and, and the H Street guys. And uh, at the time, they were gonna they were starting Plan B. It was already in the works, but they were it was called NXT at the time. Mm -hmm. And they were all flying back to have a meeting. And I ended up flying to Knoxville, Tennessee, because that's where my dad had went. Yeah. My dad went there, and we came to California, and he was living there, so we could still be in, so we could live in California. Yeah. And then he moved out two years later so I went back and missed the meeting that they had oh, and while they were in the meeting they had put the whole team together and not us like Rocco was in the meeting and they were figuring like they wanted to I came my name came up like all right well, what are we going to do with Markovich because he's was in this too yeah. and then that's when I not us they were like we want to add somebody to 101 and they were like well do you think Chris would care and they gave one they called me and I'm like are you fucking kidding me not us <laughs> like yeah and I, I remember getting a call I was at Pluto Sports at the skate park in Knoxville Tennessee and they called me into the office. They're like, "Yeah, we got a phone call." And like, I answered, and I'm like, "Yes, yeah, it's Nottis." And I was like, "Yeah, fuck off." And I hung up. <laughs> and then they called right back, and then like it was Nottis, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And they sent a they sent a box, and like I remember opening that first box and just getting all the, the one-on-one boards and yeah. just being like, "Holy shit!" And that was when Adam McNatt was on it, right? Adam got on right. Like I was skating with Adam. He was still on Pal. When I got on 101, we were skating together a ton, and then yeah. that's when he got on. What's up? What's up, Puffy? How Skating. you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Adam got on 101 when we were skating. How, how, how was that? How was like skating with Adam? It was awesome. Like Adam was, like at the time he was living in Dana Point, and he was just this little ripper. Like I, I remember him. He was on the in the Hook movie, and mm -hmm. he skated in Hook, and that's always how I kind of remember him as, a, as this little kid, like. He would look at shit different than everybody, and like yeah. he, he was the first person that I would like, switch his stance, but still skating regular. Like he would do regular shit, but look switch, yeah. and then he would do switch and look regular. And he was the first kind of person, like even like when Solomon would skate switch back in the day, like you knew he was skating switch. Oh yeah, definitely. But when Adam was the first person that like I'd skate with him, I'd be like, what the fuck? Are You're you? like, what was he skating? Yeah, like which way are you going? And I think he was like, when people really watch him and look back on it now, you see it, and it's like, he's it. He didn't skate very fast, but everything he did was bolts and super technical. Yeah. And I think it got looked over. And when you look back on it now, you see it like, holy fuck. Like he does a kickflip front blunt on the, in the union video at the end of it on this curve. And it's so good 
and you just kind of it's done so good you don't even think about it like yeah. you know, but he did shit like that all the time like switch back tail switch foot back tail slides all the time like way back in the day and i think he was like underrated as shit and, oh yeah definitely insane i mean and then then you went left that and then you started you started color, or how did that all start? Um, well, yeah, we, it was me and Mark Oblo. We, okay. we started color through uh, Rich Metaver. Okay. Uh, we did that for a little while, and that kind of morphed into Prime. After that, we did Prime. And that's when y'all found Jeremy Ray. And, oh yeah. Oh, mean, well, Jeremy Ray was. We got him on color. Yeah. When we got color. That's when Jeremy came. I mean, that, that was a big. <laughs> yeah. Skating with Jeremy was like. What, what's the What's the best experience, best memory you have with Jeremy? Um. I know it's probably Jesus. a lot. Um. <laughs> Dude, so many of the the ollie that he does at what school? It's the Hinsley School, but you don't know. It's the there's a little kid. It's the first trick of his color video. Was and it the one when you see ollie's that? thing? The kid with the little bicycle. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, like that. It, I think my opening trick in the in the union video was we filmed the union and the color video at the same time, around the same time. Yeah. Like I rode up up the, the tranny that he ollied, rode for a minute, and then three flipped the gap. Yeah. And he ollied the gap. It was, I mean, from the bump over the gap was probably 10 feet. That was it. And then to the gap. Like, it was fucking huge. And he did it. I still I drive by that, and, and you still look at it, and you see how far it is. <laughs> it's like four, almost 30 years ago. That shit was huge. And, and I forgot you were on Union. How was that, dude? What Union was, was crazy. Like, that was. Because that was the one with Matt Hensley and all those. With Matt Hensley? Well, no, that was A1 Meets. A1 Meets, that's right. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Union came right after that, and that was Jamie Mossberg. And, okay. And, and uh, Sonny Miller, they were doing, they were editing a surf movie and the union video at the same time, and they would switch off, like mm -hmm. have certain hours to edit the surf video and certain hours to edit the surf video. And uh, we would come in, film all day or film all night, depending. And that's the first time I ever filmed like with perfect, like lighting and shit, you know? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> good, good, good. What's good. going on? Not much, man. <laughs> 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 hey, you never know what goes on no, in the no, live show, good. man. Never know, never know. <laughs> but anyway, so Union. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's the first time I ever filmed with like, like kind of, aside from Sturt, like taking photos and filming with Sturt was always like a production because he always had like reflectors and lighting and crazy shit, like full commando style with Sturt, you know, yeah. he would hook it up. And then, you know, Mossberg had always had lights and he had like a helmet cam, of, you know, he would follow you with lights at night with camera. And that's the first time I experienced stuff like that. So filming yeah. with them, that kind of opened a lot of doors for like doing stuff at night and, and skating yeah. things that you normally wouldn't skate, you know, like that kind of opened, that was the first, like do it, building your own spot stuff. Cause we would go and light shit up at night and then we'd be able to like, no one would be around so we could manipulate the spot. And that was yeah. kind of how we started doing like, you know, angle iron ledges that you couldn't normally skate and shit like that and that was kind of the beginning of that so and, that then, was, and then, then hollywood came around like yeah. i know later on but how i mean how did you how did that all work out because i know a lot of people like i talked to mm -hmm. that they love hollywood i mean that, yeah. they said that was like like hollywood was sick like i i, I was riding for foundation at the time oh, and yeah, we had just done the art bars video and foundation was on an upswing and it was fucking awesome and i you know i nothing but fond memories of that and there was never really any, anything negative or any reason for me to leave aside from the fact that it was Corey Duffel, Ethan Fowler, like John West, like all these dudes that kind of had the same style and Strubing and I rode for him and we kind of stuck out like sore thumbs yeah and but it was never a negative thing I was just kind of like had the dudes and I was friends with Nuge and I had like you know uh, Richie Belton and like just everybody that was kind of in the camp that we ended up turning into Hollywood were all my friends that we were skating with because I had the Fullerton house, the house that yeah. the, the mini ramp and all those guys had Hellrose house, the apartments. And, you know, we kind of, 
we were all hanging out, had our own thing going. And I'm like, man, I could kind of like take this energy that we have and turn it into something, but it won't work on foundation because that's kind of already has its own yeah. thing going. But I don't want to leave Tumyetto. I don't want to leave foundation. So I kind of presented it to Todd. Like, look, this is what I've, I've kind of got this thing. If I present it to you, like, would you do it through here? And he's like, well, you give me a package and let me see. So I put together Hollywood and like, yeah. I, I didn't do the art for it, but like physically, but I worked with Nilo, the art director there yeah. at Tomietto and we kind of built everything and built the image and put the team together and put it out. Yeah. And we did it through there and it, and it was, fuck, I mean, it, it showed because it was all of us. And like I said, it was what we were doing normally, like anyways, all hanging out together skating. But when we put a name on it and brought us together and kind of, it was, it it was us having fun doing what we did daily, and I think yeah. that's what kind of resonated and translated to people, and that's why people. And, and how'd you build that team? I mean, that was well, amazing. That was just kind of like the team, dudes yeah. that we had hanging out that were around. That was just kind of our crew that we were skating with. Yeah. So it was like it was easy to do. Like we had had, you know, I was riding at the time. You know, when we had foundation, Charlie was was team manager of Tomietto, yeah. and he was down living in San Diego, so he had all the like. You know, you had the actual foundation dudes, but then you had pig guys who rode for pig wheels but didn't have a board sponsor, and it was kind of like straggler dudes. It sounds that sounds kind of bad, no, but it was like yeah. the dudes that weren't hadn't made it yet, and they were yeah. kind of hanging out, and they were all ripping, and then we just kind of like pulled them all together, and then that's how that happened. Yeah. And it was just perfect timing, like right time, right place. And, and I mean, that was a, that was a that was yeah. a badass team. I mean, it I was remember good. that dude. I mean, a lot of the people still talk about Hollywood when they mention Markovich. One other than, you know. Prime and color dyes, but mostly they remember is Hollywood. Yeah, that's right. See, I'm I'm glad that's a you know, so that's definitely good. Yeah. And then, so what are you doing now? I mean, what's uh, what's new with you? Um, being a dad. Like, <laughs> Congratulations for that, dude. Jesus, thank you. Yeah, having a kid is is uh, has kind of changed everything. Like, yeah. In a good way. Like now, I mean, obviously I'm 47. I just turned 47. And, oh, happy uh, birthday. Well, thank you. And. I don't skate as much as I used to because it hurts. I didn't really take care of my body as, as well as I should. I mean, you jumping down college back yeah, and I mean, I, I hucked my body for a while and just probably thought I would never end and I'd be okay. You know, yeah. like I'd, I'd have injuries, I've you know some major one surgeries and shit, and I'd rehab to the point where I probably should have rehabbed more. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I can skate now, and I'd go back to skating, and I'd. Yeah. I'd wouldn't be 100%, but I'd just still skate through it and just be like, <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna be in pain for the, I just got used to it. Yeah. And then, you know, I got older and a couple injuries, I, I'd hurt my back and I was like, you know, I, I remember being bummed that I couldn't paint. I had to paint a mural yeah. and I couldn't paint because I got hurt skating. And I remember thinking like, that was a weird shift for me. Like, yeah. and then that's when I kind of like went into like, all right, I'm gonna be more of an artist now. And like, when it, and it's actually worked out really good for me because Having a kid now, if I do skating, I mean, I can go out and skate at the park. Yeah. In three days, I'll be like, you know. You'll be like this, oh, I'm done. Branson, get away from me. Don't jump on me right now. I'm sore. And I hate being that way around yeah. him, you know? And, so. and tell us a little about 40. What's this whole thing about 40? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> tell us a little about 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 is, um, it's an, a, an English company, and it's called 40 Supply Co. And it's pretty sick. It's a, not a, a dedication company they don't like dedicate shit but they'll have it's an appreciation company for anybody that's over 40 that's like has given their life to skateboarding or is just like their lifers you know and yeah. we have, like the way i got linked up with them is they asked me to do a guest board i'm over 40 that i did a guest graphic for them and then through that 
they have a bunch of people in Europe that they do. They're ba they're based in England, and uh, they have a lot of dudes that they do over there. And they have they wanted to get me to do some graphics for them, just as a whole, just being get my artwork in there with them. Yeah. And then they linked up with Alfonso, and Alfonso Rawls did a graphic for one of their writers that they have in England. And then through that, they started talking with me to do a board, then Alf to do a board, and they're like, well, let's kind of bring it to America and introduce it over into the states. Yeah. It's been in Europe for a while, and so that's kind of how I started working with them. And I'm going to help them. They do you know production over here and, okay. and just kind of be more integral in the internal kind of behind the scenes getting the boards made over yeah. here and, and getting them into shops over there so like it's it's it'll be my first like dealings with a company working for them without kind of being an You're owner it. which is good <laughs> I'm, I'm super hyped on You're that like, uh, I, like i don't have to worry about it i got nothing to worry about nothing's right. coming out of my pocket you know <laughs> well I, I did this thing on uh instagram right you know i had uh you know my followers ask a couple questions you know questions to ask you oh, shit. so i so i picked like three or three of the best ones there were some cheesy ones on there i was like nah i'm not gonna ask this <laughs> but this one comes from uh um at underscore drew floors What's one of your favorite memories filming for One Step Beyond? Favorite memories for One Step Beyond? Um, <laughs> going to Miami and being on the trip <clears throat> down there, we, they had uh, rented a house down there. And we went for a week and we got down there and like, I don't know, Ed Salego would call beach days mm -hmm. all the time. And yeah, we I had, that. We, he called a beach day one day and that turned into the, like just a heavy night, mm -hmm. and I don't know. I got I don't know if I got alcohol poisoning or what, but I was down for like three days. I didn't get off the fucking couch, and the like one of the last days that I had for filming because I had to leave to fly back to San Diego. So we went to the, uh, it's the Jewish mon the, 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 the white marble ledges. Yeah, the marble ledges. Yeah, the, the backsmith there. I was like was sick the whole trip from partying like an idiot. <laughs> one day that I could skate, we got to skate there. We got the backsmith, and then next day got on a plane and flew home. Like one trip for a week in Miami. Having an apartment <laughs> on the beach, is, it's its good but bad at the same time. Like it was amazing being right there in, in the beach in Miami, but yeah. that's terrible if you can't control yourself. And I, at the time, I definitely <laughs> didn't control myself. Uh, another question is from at, uh, Lisa Cordova. How would you exercise or prevent injury differently as a young skater? Uh, well, preventing it, you're not. You're definitely not gonna prevent injuries. I mean, you're gonna get hurt, it's inevitable. Um, I guess if you do get hurt, just heal up <laughs> and do it right. Don't do what I did because I'm definitely paying for it now. You know? uh, next one is uh, at uh, Lurk Mode Squad. What era in your career since you've been skateboarding so long do you like the best? Hmm. Yeah, a lot of good hard questions on that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I like. Maybe because I'm resonating with it now because I don't like skating tall ledges or anything. I like skating like slappy curbs and like double-sided curbs and shit. So I'd say like early 90s, like double-sided curb, Carlsbad, like mm -hmm. 91, that was the mall curb there. Like I'd say like 92, 93 era, early era, like no side crooked grind popover time. Yeah. Like that was probably my favorite time to skate. Yeah, Do yeah. you remember uh, what company you were riding for? Yeah, I rode for uh, 101 at the time. 101? Yeah, yeah. 101. So I got another, I got my, this is my question. The one thing uh, I always remember, Kmart Banks. Mm-hmm, uh, the, the, the big one, I think what you were filming was it? Oh, uh, the color video, yep. like, threw uh, up at the end, yep. Tell us about that, dude, like the whole drinking the milk thing, like. Well, <laughs> I, well, the, for the record, 30 years later, there wasn't anything to do with alcohol. Like, it was, that was Pensacola in the summer. So it's like 99 degrees, 100% humidity, oh. so it was brutal, and, I had just drank, a, I had a thing of water and I drank a ton of water. And like, 
it's just kind of something I've done my whole life. Like when I would get overheated playing baseball, I would do it. Playing you know, skating, I would do it. Before runs, I'd be like super hot and I can't breathe. I would just throw up anything. Yeah. I, I just drank a ton of water, so I threw up a bunch. And I was didn't know that he was going to continue filming me. And I just threw up and threw my board down and went and did a, like made a three flip to fake you on that. And I, I remember being, like I'm riding down all lightheaded and shit. But that was, I, I'd just thrown up water. Everybody thought I was, you didn't, and he's talking on the mic, or the guy that was filming was talking, yeah. and he was think, saying that I was drinking, you know, drank a quart or whatever, but no, it was just water. <laughs> and That's you know, a fun bank, though. Like, I, no, no, I think it's nice, too. I didn't get to skate it much when I was a kid, because it was far out and it was yeah. cold, and I was in Gulf Breeze, but when I was, like, older, when I went back, I got to skate a few times when I was, like, actually pro, and it was fun. Yeah, and I saw Jeff Val not too long ago um, when he came in San Diego, and I know one of the yeah. questions you wanted me to ask you is your you guys' road trip out to San Diego. Tell me about a little about that. <laughs> hey, Jeff Bow got some good questions. Which one though, man? No, like... I think I think it was the first one when you first came out here. It was like you, him, and I think I think Ricky. Yeah, the first time. We... See, I've gone on like there's that's the thing. He's, there's a couple, few different things that happen because I don't know which one I should tell or <laughs> talk about. There's the one where we came across and. Um, but, we but, got outside of El Paso, was it? I think it was the El Paso one. The El Paso one, I forget who, somebody, one of the cars died. And we ended up like, I don't know, we were on just past El Paso, right like 20 minutes past. We sat there for fucking ever. And I, I got a camera. I feel like an idiot now, but I'm like, I can't remember the story. But I've, I've seriously done that road trip with these dudes probably like six times. Yeah. So it, and that was like, what, Jeff and Ricky being involved? Jeff, involved? Ricky, and that whole crew. Like early, like from 90 when we came, when I moved out, like, Jeff moved out once or twice. Ricky came out three times. Like they kept coming back and forth, and they, like Jeff ended up going back and staying, and then Ricky ended up coming back yeah. and staying. And they stayed in the cars. So we've, yeah, we've had some adventurous like journeys across country. Definitely the the, the Jeff Val story that that I know that that <laughs> that he probably doesn't remember is we were skating the ant ramp in Carlsbad, a little mini ramp, and. I remember it like it was fucking yesterday. He did a fakie Smith stall and started to come in and kind of locked up and then came in. And when he came in, he magic carpeted and went right back and smacked oh, the back of his yeah. head and was fucking out. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, fuck. Put him in the car, got him in the car. He came around and we're driving. It was a, like one straight shot a mile from the ramp to my, my house. And we're driving and he was like, I don't know where I'm at. Where are we going? And I was like, dude, you're fucked up. We're going. To, I'm gonna take you to the house and swing by him and tell my mom because yeah. we have cell phones or anything. So I was gonna go by my house and take him to Tri City. I went to the house, took him to Tri City, and he was in. They had him in there. He's thrown up. He had a concussion and shit. And I remember having him wake him up over throughout the night. And I remember when he was in the hospital, they took him back. They wouldn't let me go back and see him anymore. Like I was, I was his friend. I was yeah. family, so I couldn't go in there. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. They're like, go home. You can't be, you know, you can't see him. He's gonna be getting tested for the next few hours. So go home. <laughs> I went home, showered, changed, called his family, called everybody, and then went back to the hospital. And somehow it got back to his girlfriend and found out that he, that I just left him at the hospital. And his whole family was super pissed at me that I, they thought that I just, like, he hit his head and just left him. And, like, that was totally not what had happened. His fucking parents flew out and picked him up. His dad, and they, like, drove home. And he went home a few days later. And it was like fucking sour apples for a little while. Yeah, and, like, yeah. had to explain it. Like, the, like I had to, like, have my mom and shit, like, tell them, like, yeah, what yeah. was going on. But it was a little fucking, like, edgy for a bit. Yeah, like between us, we're, like that was you know 30 years ago. <laughs> we're all good. Well, you just had a birthday, man. Happy birthday, yes, dude. Did. Thank you, sir. Well, I got you a present from Tijuana. Oh, let shit. me let me get down here and see what I can get here for you, I man. Know, I'm a little excited and uh, a little scared, and nervous here. So. A little scared. You say it, 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 it especially come from Tijuana, you know. 
Let me see what here real quick here. Grab it out. There you go. This is from everybody from True Skateboard oh, Mag. Happy birthday, brother. Hell yes. Thank Happy you very birthday, much. Happy birthday, man. I want to. There you go. <laughs> Your favorite chocolate cake. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks for coming on, dude. Hold on one second. <laughs> thanks for coming on. And um, also, too, I want to thank all our sponsors um, for making this episode very equal. Uh, thanks for our guests, Chris Markovic, Josh Bridgewater, uh, Joshua Bridgewater, Long Lost Sons. Are you ready to check out Long Lost Sons? Hell yeah, let's do this. All right, let's check them out. You. We want to thank True Skate Mac so much for having us out here, man. It's an honor to be a part of this. All the pros that came out, all the staff that's helping out, you know. PBR, Boochcraft, much love everyone, you know. <laughs>